0: Hey guys, it's the Andrew Bello from the Hameen Media Group podcast of the year, the Wednesday Locker Room, and the former host and founder of the Next Level Wrestling podcast. It's 2021, and it's time to kick out and leave the past behind us. Hameen Media Group starts the year off with over 2.25 million downloads, and our fan base is continuing to grow every day. Thank you for subscribing and sharing all of our channels, podcasts and videos and for standing strong with HMG in the face of ongoing censorship. We will always adapt and overcome any obstacles put in our way. We will overcome and certainly achieve even more success in the ever-changing digital landscape. Please make sure you're subscribed to Hacker Hamin and Hamin Media Group on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Thank you to all of the Patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group subscribers, home of the Rip Rogers FR Podcast, named by Patreons to be their favorite show on the entire Hameen Media Group network. More content, including marketing and podcasting seminars, watch alongs from Hameen's career in 2CW, OVW, DCW, and more. When you subscribe to Patreon.com slash Hameen Media Group, you are the fuel that drives HMG's free shows for the entire community. We salute you and thank you for your continued support in 2021. We continue our year supported by our daily listeners and our local sponsors, including ProWrestlingTees.com. Get the shirts of all your favorite Hameen Media Group wrestling personalities and support them directly. Greek God Papadon, Stevie Richards, Chris Silvio, SEG Shirts for Big Sal, and of course, Bin Amin. Also, check out ZordosOliveOil.com. Make a healthy choice for 2021 when you cook with Zordos Ultra Premium Artisanal Olive Oil imported directly from Greece. Visit ZordosOliveOil.com today and taste the difference of an ultra premium product for yourself. And wake up, bro. It's time to get the official Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Kick the day off right, bro, with a cup of Brosters Coffee. The exclusive limited edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee is a medium roasted Nicaraguan blend with chocolatey notes and a smooth finish that will have you up and ready to go, bro. Order yours exclusively at thebroasters.com. And it's 2021, and the Hameen Media Group staff are all committed to Stevie Richards Fitness this year and getting ourselves into the best shape we've ever been in. You've seen Big Ray's amazing transformation, and there are plenty of SRF members interacting right now, motivating each other for the new year. So don't worry about gyms and lockdowns. Let's get in shape together, using our community for support and Stevie Richards Fitness to achieve our goals for 2021. Join us and visit StevieRichardsFitness.com for the most affordable and effective home workout program that will give you results, real results, 12 and 16 week resistant band programs are available for instant download now at stevierichards.com and russobrand.com where the pros are pros bro hear the most valid opinions in wrestling from the pros who live it no other podcasting platform and online wrestling punditry has the lineup of wrestling stars like russobrand.com stevie richards disco inferno shane douglas just incredible big veto Stevie Ray, Taylor Hendricks, Bin Hameen, and now there's even more shows on the way with a partnership with the two-man power trip. Why would you go anywhere else but RussoBrand.com? We thank you for listening and being an incredible community of wrestling-addicted, conspiracy-minded, straight-brim hat-wearing infidels. By the way, Bin Hameen wrote this copy, and I'm currently in a basement being held at gunpoint. He's already shot Adlers twice. And I hope this is the correct style of intro he was looking for. So enjoy the show, HMG listeners. Please, for the love of Stevie, enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to RTW Rewind. Red Rob will take you on a journey through time to relive some of the greatest moments, matches, and personalities from the sport of professional wrestling. Now, here's your host of the show, Rad Rob, Rob Francois.
2: Hey guys, welcome back to RTW Rewind. I'm your host, Rad Rob, Rob Francois. I hope everybody's doing well all around the world. Thank you for being here. This is day five of the Royal Rumble. Seven days of shows leading up until this Sunday's WWE Royal Rumble. I have a very, very special guest with me right now. He is a first-time guest on the show. Uh, but he's also kind of part of the uh, Hameen family. Uh, he's very well-known around the wrestling world as one of the best trainers uh, that you'll find today. Uh, he's been around the business for uh, well over 20 years now. Um, most recently appearing uh, on nationwide uh, for Ring of Honor uh, as a wrestler and as a trainer. It is the one and the only... Mr. Bob Evans. Sorry, brutal Bob Evans. <laughs> I, I got to make sure I get your gimmick in there. How's it going, Bob? Thanks for being I'm, here.
3: I'm good, Rob. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on this. Uh, as we're as we're doing this, it's a snowy New England afternoon, so it's a uh, very nice background to uh, have a nice conversation today. So,
2: Yep, and I'm here in sunny Tennessee where it's 71 degrees out, so sorry, Bob.
3: Oh, it's a, a little bit of a different – well, <laughs> it's good we give everybody – everything they want we give them sun we give them snow we give them whatever they want so
2: now i grew up in connecticut so i, I do know about the brutal winters uh i was born and raised outside of hartford in windsor connecticut so nice. uh, i do i do know what it's like to be uh f- stupidly cold uh you know with with several feet of snow but uh, my wife is from here uh, and i was a smart man and i uh, i married for the money uh, no. <laughs> no, uh, but I, you know, I, I moved to Tennessee about 10 years ago and, uh, I'll tell you what, Bob, it's a lot cheaper to live down here than, uh, overtaxed, uh, New England, but, uh, you've been there your whole life, haven't you?
3: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the, uh, yeah, I have, I actually have a good buddy of mine that's thinking about moving down South and that was one of the things he commented on almost immediately was the cost of living. So yeah, New England's a nice area. You get four seasons. It's, uh, yep. there's a lot of benefits to it. However... Yes, there's a price, as as Mr. DiBiase says, everybody's got a price, so there's a price for everything, but that's okay.
2: Absolutely. So whenever I have first-time guests on, I like to get an entry point of when they first became a wrestling fan, and some guys ended up not being wrestling fans and getting into business anyway, but... Uh, from what I've learned, uh, you are a long-time, lifelong fan of the wrestling business. When did you first got in uh, get into wrestling? What's your first memories and and what what really got you hooked as a fan?
3: Uh, well, I was I'm I'm I always consider myself very fortunate because there's uh, probably uh, three well three that I can think of that that really mark my career is the I. I grew up watching, you know, I first started getting into wrestling when I was watching Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. uh, kind of in the War to Settle the score days, the 1984, the expansion. And then I became a, you know, I was a wrestler in the early nineties with all the scandals. And then I became, <laughs> I started getting more famous during the attitude era. And then now I'm kind of teaching in this era. So we have some really interesting times, but yeah, I, uh, I was a, a fan at about eleven, and uh, yeah, really started getting into it in 1984, and the H- Hogan and Piper and the whole deal, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was probably my earliest memories that were of those guys, and you know, the War to sell the Score on MTV in February of '85, and then setting up for WrestleMania and Mr. T and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a great time to be a wrestling fan, that's for sure. And then I, you know, started watching the best of the wwf tapes and all that stuff and they would show some older stuff and started kind of following the business and catching up on the history and reading the magazines and all that stuff so yeah it was uh it was a blast being a fan back then i mean it's i'm sure it is now for a lot of people but back then it was just uh it was different so so to speak so
2: it definitely was different and and you know like, Sean Mooney likes to call it the golden age uh, of wrestling you know, in the 80s. Um, I mean, who better to get hooked on than, than Hulk Hogan, who's this larger-than-life character uh, that people just, you know, f- kids worshipped him. I mean, literally, he was uh, such a big, big star. I always ask this question to guys that are in the business that, that are in the know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think anybody else at that time could have handled that kind of pressure that Hulk Hogan did and, and been that successful? Uh, was Vince McMahon?
3: Uh, yeah, probably a few. Ric Flair was one. Uh, I think Piper would have been a good champion. Um, hard to say. You know, it, it, at one point they were actually grooming Tito Santana for that spot for a while. Right. Um, because he was the only guy that could draw, he was the only guy that could draw a house without Hogan. Right. So, uh, with Greg Valentine on top for the Intercontinental title and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, I you know it's it's really hard to say, but I mean Hogan was the guy, and he was yeah. the best guy for that position, and I think that's proven out over time. So he brought in a whole wave of fans, and I know Ultimate Warrior had his share of fans and all that good stuff. And you kind of you kind of came for Hogan and Piper and stayed for everybody else at the <laughs> same time. So and I was a fan of just about everybody. So. It, I, you know, I, and, and I had some really weird favorites too, like, you know, Scotty McGee and, uh, (laughs) you know, later on Terry Taylor and all that, and, you know, just kind of the underneath guys. So it's, uh, you know, I, I had developed an appreciation for just about everybody, but yeah, I mean, Hogan was the guy that brought us, got the attention and then you stayed for the rest of the crew too, you know, so
2: yeah speaking of the warrior i mean you i mean i was watching some older stuff recently and i was watching um, wrestlemania four and uh dude when that music hit the crowd just erupted i mean he had a huge huge following uh i just wish you know he had the passion for the business that that other guys did because had he stayed and had he been a company guy for you know a, a sustained run and not just several runs here and there I mean, he, dude, they, they they could have printed money with him. That's how over he was with the fans.
3: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's 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 the difference. And I have no grudge against the warrior and all that. I watched him, and he I was a fan of his too. But it really, the I mean, you could tell the difference between Hogan, who was an actual fan, who grew up watching the guys, yeah. and like hung around and would like try to talk to him at you know different shows and bars and all that. He actually became kind of like the guy, you know, one of the fans that hung around a lot, which is one of the reasons why he got into the business. But Warrior was never, excuse me, Warrior was never that guy. And I think he would admit that, you know, maybe he became a fan later in life, you know, when he became a, a wrestler, but I never really, I think he did it for a job. I think it was just a job for him. And that's why he could leave so easily. Hogan always had yeah. out of trouble leaving and still wants to be a part of the business. And, and he should be, you know, I mean, he should be, uh, always, you know, he's, he's kind of like the Babe Ruth of wrestling. So, um, that's, that's who he is. I mean, you have Flair and Hogan are really the two biggest guys that are left and we should be, you know, and Flair's what 71 and Hogan's in his late sixties. So, I mean, we got to cherish these guys and honor them, you know, and, and, and they're flawed men, which to me makes them more interesting and more, uh, likable actually. Um, so it, yeah, man, it's like, I never got mad with, I mean, unless they were, like, criminals and stuff. Right, yeah. I never got mad at people who who I grew up and kind of saw as flawed human beings as long as they didn't leave a path of destruction behind. And that can be debated another day. But, (laughs) um, I, you know, I I was always a big fan of of Hogan. And I believe Hogan when he said, hey, I would have dropped the belt to anybody they asked me to, but they never asked me to. Because why would you you mess with success? That's the thing.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, you know that, you know, Hogan would have been a great challenger too. Like if he if he dropped to Piper, you know, back in eighty four, eighty five, and then chased Piper for several months. I mean, they, they they could have made so much money off of that too, with Hogan Hogan being the challenger and you know being the challenging babyface.
3: Yeah, I, I I actually agree with you looking back on it. But think about where they were in the time. You just come off Bruno with a long run, right? You had. I mean, they didn't have a champion that held the belt for less than for less than a year. You went from <laughs> – well, you really didn't. You went from Bruno yeah. and then you had Stasiak won it, then you had Pedro beat Stasiak, um, right? Yep. Or my I, I mixing I think- that up? So – and then uh, – well, anyway, so – but you had pretty much – Pedro held it for over a year, Bruno held it for several years, then Bruno held it for even longer – then Backlund held it for a long time, and even yeah. Graham held it for a year and a half and really should have held it for another year, I think. Yeah. I think they should, you know, I mean so I think they were scared about short circuiting Hogan after a year, even though Piper was the hottest heel. And you have to remember, Piper wasn't Piper was supposed to be a manager and an occasional wrestler when he started. He was not supposed to be uh headlining with Hogan a year a year into his run. He was supposed to be basically a wrestling version of Captain Lou or Freddie Blassie, and then he just because he was considered small, even though he's not that wasn't that small, but back in the day he was. So I I think I think they were scared. I think they were they were playing the hot hand, and I think they were like you never you know the old saying you never bet against the streak. But (laughs) there were signs that Hogan was losing a little steam in late '84. So I think they might. I I think it would have been interesting. I don't I I don't know if it would have worked. I mean, you could always just have him win it back. So it. Um, I have a feeling it would have worked and it would have kept business stronger, but again, that's, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback, but I think Piper would have been the guy, you know, plenty of interference by either Dr. D. David Schultz or Arndorf and, yep. you know, whatever, you know, hit him with the gimmick and crow about having the belt. And then Hogan beats <laughs> him at, you know, Hogan could have beat him at WrestleMania, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Well, but, I, I mean, typically WWE, WWF, was a, was a, a babyface territory anyway, you know, as far as their champions. So sure. that that was their style, you know, compared to, obviously, the NWA, you know, with Ric Flair on top, most of the time as a heel. Uh, it's just two different philosophies of, of how they, they,
3: they booked well, their territories. Well, that their was because that's the touring champion versus the base champion, right? The right. The NWA champion had to go and make other guys, and he was yeah. always the away team. So that's why... That's why when they settled into Crockett, they just kept that philosophy, and they just did. They basically just worked the territory around him in the same company, where they would run challenges at him, and then he'd have sixty-minute draws with everybody. But the problem is, <laughs> right. when you're doing it three times a year, the champion shows up three times, and you do a sixty-minute draw, or you do like a kind of a screw finish at forty-seven minutes or something. You don't really notice it as much, but when you see it every week, it starts became becoming like, you know what is Flair's old joke? He said the 16 times I won the belt are the only times I won, you know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so it's, uh, yeah, it's just a different philosophy. I, and, and I'm sure you could probably prove right or wrong on, on, on each side of it. So that's the, that's the thing, man. Like, I, I don't really know which one was best. I mean, I'm a WWF guy. Cause I'm from up here, but right. I loved the NWA. I loved Crockett. I watched it. And I watched it a few months after I started watching, WWF and I watched it every week, so I, I I'm not really and then later on when you're older, like you're a teenager, you're like, Yeah, NWA's way better. They're real, they're tougher, they're whatever. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, there's, there's, they're tough because yeah, they don't they're, have they're, colorful lights and you know, right. whatever.
2: Their slogan was we wrestle, you know? That was yeah. their that was their gimmick. So Right. So Yeah, I, I remember watching uh, NWA on T B S right around eighty eight is when I found it on cable. Uh, and like you, you know, growing up in Connecticut, I was a, I was a WWF homer. So when I turn on TBS one Saturday night, it's obviously it's six Oh five. And I, I see Jim Ross there and I see all these other guys I've never seen before. And I'm like, whoa, what what is this? Um, and it, it, you know, I'm like, you know, my dad would always say, "Oh, that's that's the minor league guys, right?" Because I mean, he wasn't really a fan, but he didn't really know better either. But mm-hmm. he just obviously WWF was perceived as the company. Uh, but for a lot of other people in the country, it wasn't so. I mean, I didn't know about all the territories at that age. I didn't know about you know the AWA. I didn't know about Houston. I didn't know about Florida or you know the Carolinas. I didn't know about uh you know uh. Uh, out west in uh, in in uh, Oregon, so I, in St. Louis, I wasn't familiar with all the territories until much much later. Uh, but then when I saw AWA on ESPN, I was like, wow, "What is it?" You know, it just, I kept sure. I, I kept finding new wrestling, and I'm like, "Wow, what is this?" And then World Class was on ESPN. So you know, growing up in New England, we were fortunate with cable uh, mm-hmm. to have access to uh, you know some of the top shows uh, all around the country.
3: Yeah, I mean, I grew up with a lot of the same stuff you did, and. Uh, I got into it a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. still I got so I got to see I kinda lived through the the really the prime years of Crockett in eighty five, eighty six and even eighty yep. seven. Eighty yep. eight they were kinda going downhill and you could see it. Mm-hmm. Um even though I wasn't very a smart fan back then, I had started kind of knowing a couple of guys that read Meltzer's newsletter and stuff, so I was getting a little bit of news ahead of time. And uh that was that was interesting. But so yeah, I was then you got to see kind of the ins and outs and dusty getting fired and the whole thing. And it just turned into a whole, a whole deal, but it's uh, yeah. So that's pretty much my journey as far as watching. And then I got into wrestling in 92. So yeah, it's 29 years next, next month. So what's going on everybody? My name is Vampiro. This right here is the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. Tune in, get tuned up, get informed, and enjoy the podcast.
1: RTW Rewind.
2: Where does does time go, man? You know what I mean? Like, I still remember, you know, the late 80s and early 90s like it was yesterday. Uh, You know, here we are all this time later. Uh, Time creeps up on you. What, uh, what made you want to get in the business, just, just being a fan for so many years? And, I mean, what made you actually want to give it a
3: shot? Yeah, I, I, I started doing a backyard thing and uh, had a little, bit of, a little bit of talent for it just because I wanted to do it so bad, you know, just, yeah. hey, give it a try, you know. And my goal was to always go to Kowalski's because he was really the only wrestling school in New England. And yeah. then I, but that would have taken money and a car. And, and I had a car, but I didn't have any money. And not that I wasn't willing to save up, but really it wasn't as you know oh, I'll look it up on the internet, and there it is, and <laughs> sign up here, and it's this much and it was kind of still a little underground, so yeah. I'm sure there was a number I could have called or but i I don't know, it just seemed so far away, and then I started doing backyard wrestle and put it on public access in ninety ninety one whatever, just hacking around with some friends not I, I didn't we didn't take it overly seriously it was a lot of it was silly and some of it was pretty we tried to make it as serious as we could but yeah you know it's kids and it's a home homemade ring and you know but actually the formats when i did tv for some independent promotions around here did some sort of a tv service i still use the same format i'd still use the same format now um but it was yeah it was just a backyard thing and then i put a i put a phone number uh, on the end of it to said, Hey, if you want to wrestle with us, we're kind of like a club. If you want to wrestle with us, give us a call. And I got a call from Brian Brieger, who uh, he's in Reno, Nevada. Now he actually uh, trained Reno scum later on years later. So, hmm. um, but Brian was one of my original guys and he called me, introduced himself on the phone and said, yeah, I'd love to, if you guys seem like you have some interest in maybe if you want to take this to another level, we're kind of semi-pro wrestlers. We we do small shows. I, I don't even think independent wrestling was a name back then. But they he was very clear about we're not. You know, we do WWF style. we we do pro wrestling style, but we're not necessarily, you know, pro wrestlers. There's not much. There's not pay and that kind of a thing. So, um, so we, I went. It was me and another guy, and he went once, blew out his knee, never came back, and I'm still here. So, and that was the middle of February, nineteen ninety-two, and I'm still kicking around doing my thing. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, it. Was just a question of wanting to do it. I was a smart fan at that point, kind of yeah. like uh, you know the internet wrestling community now, without the internet and tape trading and doing reading the newsletters and going to some conventions and things like that. And thought I knew everything about wrestling, and I knew a couple of, I knew a couple of words. That was good. Yeah, which scared everybody because they had never even heard of newsletters or anything. So they're like, how do you know the terms? And I'm like, Oh, I'm a, I'm a educated guy. I'm an educated fan or whatever. (laughs) So, and thankfully they were nice and they didn't bully me or beat me up, but, uh, they were, they kind of made me realize real quick, excuse me, that this job was a little harder than, uh, you know, knowing a few terms. So, and then you learn how to wrestle and do the holds and fall down and do the moves and it was uh yeah it was uh the first few years were kind of tough but uh and I you know I was a young guy and I was a punk and mouthed off and had an attitude and thought <laughs> I would do everything after 5 seconds and you know so it, it's a typical typical story that way so yeah. uh but yeah it was just a more of a and I and I just loved it as soon as I got in I was like Wow, this is tough, but I still like it. I'm still going to show up, and I did. So, so they didn't really.
2: Uh, I mean, we've all we've all heard the stories of of hazing and and, and you know, really trying to test guys uh, to make sure that they can handle it. You know, make sure they're not just a bunch of marks. Uh, so, you thankfully didn't really have to go through uh,
3: a lot of that. Well, I was trained by a bunch of outlaws. I got gotcha. weren't necessarily okay. um, accepted. Originally, now they are, but it, back then they weren't really accepted by the Kowalski people and all that. They were looked at as kind of goofs themselves. So, <laughs> and gotcha. they were trying. Everybody was trying. It's just the guys were a f- just a few steps ahead of me. You know, yeah. it, they didn't. Nobody, nobody knew psychology and <laughs> nobody knew any of that stuff. I mean, the first time we had any kind of psychology was, I think, gentleman Chris Duffy, who used to be the best jobber on WWF TV, used to wear neon, like a neon Tarzan. Singlet, and you knew he was good because he wrestled on TV every single, every other taping because all the guys wanted to work with him and they loved him. And uh, Chris was actually from Braintree, Mass. He passed away a long time ago, but he was like the sweetest guy. And he was just a great worker, man. Like, he was the first guy that I saw, like, wow, I don't really, because you know, (laughs) you see him get beat up every week on TV. Right. Yeah. But you don't know. You just think he's a putz that sucks. And then he goes and, you know, wrestles circles around any of our guys and not in a mean way just very skilled yeah and uh he was great and then he came he'd come back and he'd offer advice and feedback and i just remember when i started doing some stuff on tv myself he was one of the first guys to congratulate me because he was kind of done doing doing that at that point and he was kind of on his way out and uh but he just yeah man he was like what a what a nice man but it just really it showed me that you could be a total pro Be a super heel, get the people all worked up, and then be like a good dude in the back. Like, it was, you got to remember, like, even back then when you're wrestling, you're still a little markish. Like, you're still kind of figuring out, you know, oh, wow, you know, like, this guy's such a dick on TV, and he's like super nice to me. And that's weird to me because I've been watching him on TV, and it, you know, it it is kind of, it is kind of a weird, I can't even explain it to anyone who hasn't been through it because I can't think of too many examples in real life where stuff like that happens where someone is just so different uh some kind of a different persona at work or, and, <laughs> right. and you see him and, and oh i'm not really like that i'm kind of like a different person altogether it's so that there's a lot of it was almost like kind of losing your innocence and losing your childhood <laughs> in a way but yeah and i've i've managed to become a fan again if to a certain degree where i'm I just kind of watch the matches, and even if there's friends, and and this, I'm I'm very lucky. I have a lot of friends that are doing very well for themselves, and I have a lot of friends. Like just about every match has somebody I know in it, which is cool. (laughs) I'm not dropping names. I'm just saying I've been around a long time, and I've been, you know, if you've been around long enough and you're nice to people, then eventually they become your friends. Hopefully, so, and you know, everybody's kind of come up through the system and doing great things. So it's cool that you get to watch it. But a lot of times, I'll just watch it and try to just watch it you know watch with my kids or whatnot and just kind of oh that's a character on tv i don't look at it as someone that i used to have matches with around here or or anything like that i just kind of go oh that's someone you know that's a wwe superstar that's a AEW wrestler that's a whatever you know so but yeah that's um so that's kind of where it all started. I don't know. We kind of got off on a
2: tangent, but no, that's fine. I do it. All, I do it all, all yeah. the time myself. But uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I, I will start with this. I've talked to uh, you know Barry Horowitz, uh, sure. D- Dusty Wolf, uh, guys that were you know enhancement talent uh, mm-hmm. in the WWF. But but you're right. Could literally work circles all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean, w- without guys like that. Uh, a lot of your top stars wouldn't be top stars, you well, know. How about
3: they? someone? How about someone who's still wrestling and still contributing a lot to the business? Mr. George South himself.
2: I mean, That's oh god, I love George. Yeah. yeah, and I mean he's yeah.
3: I we had a six man with him, me, my partner Tim Hughes, uh, and, and George. And God, man, George was wrestling for all all the other five of us. Like it was. A, <laughs> yeah, still. I mean, he was just he was barking out orders, and it was great, man. It was kind of I was like I looked at Tim, I go I don't know how to wrestle. This guy's fantastic, you know. <laughs>
2: right. So, but yeah, you're right. When you see those guys getting squashed on TV, you don't think, you know, as a kid, you don't think they're they're good workers. Right, uh, you and, think they're bumps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that that was the point. I mean, even Steve Lombardi, I mean, look at the longevity that that he had, you know, in the business. Um, but yeah, and then like you said, getting to meet them and, you know, they're the nicest guys in the world. Like I heard Iron Mike Sharp was one of the was one of the coolest dudes, you know, and, around. Like,
3: ridiculously big like <laughs> yeah he was five huge. and yeah three like just jacked like yeah and the thing is he he, he just looked like a real man you know he like, did yeah and, and i'm not trying to be misogynistic or anything but you look at like the epitome of like a 40 year old territorial wrestler who you'd feel super proud about like walking into a bar with and just talking to people <laughs> like, and yeah. i don't think mike was a tough guy or I anything mean, i'm not saying he wasn't tough i'm just saying he wasn't a jerk he was always super yeah. nice to me he was very ocd i know that yeah um, very clean i heard he was super very, yeah, super he, clean he's one of those guys and yeah. uh him and howie mandel i think but yeah um but he was like i couldn't believe how big the guy was and he still sold
2: they, for everybody like it's crazy
3: yeah yeah he was he was he was uh and some people said that because for a while i kind of i don't know if i sold like him or what but somebody some people said that i reminded him uh them of him to some degree so i actually got booked a couple times because the guy's favorite wrestler was iron mark sharp is like you remind (laughs) me of iron mark sharp so nice but uh and i considered that an honor you know especially now but um but yeah like some of these guys man like oh he's a bomb he gets beat up on tv every week and then you see him and you're like wow i don't not want to meet this guy in the dark alley so (laughs)
2: right for sure yeah um and you're right you know about entertainment i think entertainment in general i mean even with You know, with with TV and and movie actors, uh, you know, a lot of characters they portray in movies and and all that, they're not the same people in real life. And that does correlate a lot to wrestling because it's obviously, you know, uh, a lot of entertainment involved with that. So it, it is weird. I can't imagine going to work and, you know my boss being a super dick to me and then going out for beers later on and i'm like this guy why were you a dick to me earlier he's like oh fuck it's my job but why not <laughs> um but yeah no wrestling is a, it's a strange <laughs> it's a strange business um did you get smartened up right away i mean you you said you read the newsletters and you, you knew some terms and all that but um did you get smartened up when you when you started or did that come a little bit later on
3: yeah they didn't really hold anything back um they, again, it was very casual and mm-hmm. I think that was a good environment for me. I, I don't know. It's hard to say if I, I probably would have stayed for the tough coaching and all that, but I didn't really, cause I just loved the business so much, but yeah. I would have resented my coaches for that. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not one of these like drill sergeant guys. I really don't think that's good long-term. I think that's fine once in a while, kick somebody in the ass and get them going. But yeah, really, as far as a long-term coaching strategy, it's just not very viable, um, And, and yeah, I, they were no, I, they, I don't remember them holding anything back. I, they didn't know everything. Right. So they could only show me so much. And then I learned more as I kept going. Um, but that's, I think that's just experience and touring and going to different places and learning the way different people do business. And, you know, that's, that's that. So yeah, it was, uh, but, yeah, I don't remember anybody really holding anything back as much. I know I remember one of the trainers back in the day. He's I I shook his hand lightly, and he's like, Oh, you're smartening these guys up too fast. But <laughs> yeah, he kind of, it was kind of just like a quick, like, bitch thing. And it didn't really, he didn't punish <laughs> anybody. He was just kind of like, Oh, rolling his eyes. He, you're smartening these guys up too fast. This kid could be gone tomorrow, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. So, but that that's pretty much the extent of it.
2: So. Does the uh, does the handshake still exist?
3: Um, not really. I mean, is that just an old school thing? Yeah, I mean, if I see some, I, you know, I can do all the different handshakes and stuff, but really, I don't. I see it sometimes. I mean, you just do, and yeah. it's weird for me now because I just hate. I just shake people's hands, so I, I always, <laughs> I was thought that whole thing was kind of. I mean, it was kind of neat in a way to have like a secret handshake, but yeah. Yeah. it was also kind of like, I don't know. I'm also kind of one of these guys that. If it doesn't really make sense, then don't do it. I mean, even right. the you know, uh, like the you know, shake everybody's hand in the locker room to get respect, and it's all that. It's like, yeah, but if somebody's in the middle of a heated conversation, I'm not going to just stick my hands in the middle of these <laughs> two guys' faces and right. to win some sort of a my handshake points, you know. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've seen I've seen some interesting <laughs> handshakes along the way. It's it's certainly not prevalent, that's for right. sure. But yeah.
2: I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, wrestling was just a uh, obviously uh, it originated as a as a carny type business, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, and there was a lot of strange things that you know that rituals and stuff that would happen over the years, and obviously now a lot of that's probably gone. But yeah, I mean, going around and, and at least introducing yourself to the vets in the locker room was uh, was a time honored tradition if you're new to that area or that territory, and you know, to me, it's just common respect that i would hope that's still done today but i i can't i can't speak for that
3: well that stuff is just respect as a person so i mean right right but it's uh and and that is done but i've had people where i've been walking in talking to somebody and they're on the other side of the gym and guys are like making a beeline to talk to me like i'm gonna (laughs) tell on them or ring a bell or something if they don't come over in within two minutes and 49 seconds and it's like (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, when it makes sense, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, hey, how you doing? I, you know, I I was across the gym. I saw you were talking. So I just wanted to say hi. That's fine. I mean, it, it's not it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Right. It, it, if somebody's blatantly ignoring you, I think you'll get that. But if somebody's kind of just busy or preoccupied or, you know, with other stuff, I think we can wait a few minutes to say hello. I mean, I don't think that's. I don't consider that disrespectful i consider that actually respectful of their time so right. so uh, you know and again if you're just being a moron and not saying hi to anyone well wrestling is a relationship business mm-hmm. so if you're just shutting yourself off to everyone and you just want to come and wrestle your match and not talk to anybody you're not going to last very long because that's weird because wrestling is a sales business and an entertainment business where you have to kind of put yourself out there so why would you for the life of me i wouldn't want to know why you would do that? I mean, I've seen some people beef some do some pretty ignorant things, but I've never if it's a young guy or a girl, I don't overly be mad about it. I might tease them, but I'm not going to be furious. Oh, that's oh my god, I'll never talk to them again, you
2: know? Right, right.
3: High school's uh, over for me, you know? Yeah, no, ago.
2: absolutely. Long, long time ago. Hey,
3: this is Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. It's amazing to me that Turtles have the ability to speak, let alone host wrestling podcasts. I guess that's what makes them rad?
1: RTW Rewind. I don't want you to name any
2: names, but did you ever have any times where somebody may have taken advantage of you in the ring because you were green or because you didn't know as much? Um,
3: Yeah, a couple times. Uh, There were a a couple instances, and it's probably one of the few times I got screwed for pay uh somebody brought me you know we, we drove several hours to a show and then uh you know the guy said he would pay me a certain amount and then uh they sent us out for some sort of a run-in and then he hit me with a chair and uh then he slammed me on my back and smashed up my sciatic for like eight years and oh man and then he was supposed to pay me whatever 75 this is a long time ago but he was supposed yes. to pay me 75 and then paid me 40 and and then i knew later on that he was it, it wasn't a it wasn't a joke or it wasn't a mistake because he remembered that incident and laughed about it. When I talked to him years later about something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So when he was threatening to sue me over something and I was like, you can sue me all you want. nothing to." it was a dumb thing. You know, he's going to call the cops and it, 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 there's very few people I wish ill upon. And this guy's one <laughs> of them. So, yeah. Um, but it, yeah, very few times I, I've been really beat up or anything like that. Um, I probably deserved more ass whippings than I got. So, <laughs> right, right. Not anymore, but back in the day.
2: So. Yeah.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, The Coach, from the WWE. 20 years, two decades, in the greatest business that the world has ever seen. Pro wrestling. Now, there are very few wrestling podcasts out there that I like, but this one, this one I love. I love the name. I love the personalities. I love the content. The Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast. That's where you're at right here. Follow. Subscribe. I do. Enjoy the show. I'm the coach. Till next time. Roll it. RTW Rewind. Yeah, everything I hear about
2: about you now, when I when I bring your name up, you know, you're 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 well regarded and highly regarded around the, around the business. I was speaking with uh, with Vince Russo the other day, and I I mentioned that I was going to be having you on the show, and he said that you um uh, he met you at Rocky Mountain Pro, yep. Uh and 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 he earned you earned a lot of respect with with him. He had nothing but good things to say about you, and obviously Ben Hameen, uh is is what turned me on to you, and and uh, you know mentioned that you were looking to do some podcasts. So uh, a lot of good guys in the business, uh, you know, that I've met lately uh, have nothing but good things to say about you. So that that shows a lot for your character. Maybe, like you said, maybe you weren't early on in your career, but uh, you've definitely earned the respect, uh, especially as a trainer and uh, helping out the younger talent here in your, uh, your, your later years in your career.
3: Yeah. I, uh, thank you. Yeah. I, uh, I'm one of, the, I guess I'm a select few on earth who's friend, you know, Jim Cornette helped break me into Ring of Honor and helped do, do a lot of things for me. And I knew Jim before I was a fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, before I was a wrestler. When I yep. was a fan. Yeah. And actually, one of the uh, pictures in one of Jim, the Midnight Express book is mine that I sent to Jim for him to autograph for me. So I settled. I settled out of court <laughs> for a few books. So. Yeah. <laughs> um And then, uh, but I'm I'm friendly with Vince Russo too. I mean, their fight is not my fight. So, mm. um, and Vince Russo has done a lot of good things for friends of mine he hasn't done anything for me personally i don't mean i don't mean he's gone i don't mean i've asked him for things and he hasn't done them i just mean that we haven't really done business together you never know but uh vince has done a lot of good things for my friends helped my friend matt yaden out in rocky mountain pro and he's helping my friends out in salt lake city now so you know vince is doing his thing and um actually when i started up this wrestle life membership community thing my teacher said he had, he's a big wrestling fan too, Shane Sams. He said he had talked to Vince Russo about helping him with his membership site too. So uh, so there's a lot of connections there in different businesses and such. So, uh, yeah, it took me a long time to kind of I, I, – when I closed my wrestling school in, I don't know, 08 or 09 and kind of shut my shows down in New England, uh, I didn't have the best reputation. So I had to kind of reinvent myself. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was always looked at as a guy who knew stuff, and I yep. wasn't looked at as like a mean guy. But I was kind of a dick to everybody, and and I didn't treat everybody well. And I focused on a lot of the stuff, the gossipy stuff, and the stuff that didn't make anybody any money. So I think that's been my biggest evolution: is concentrating on stuff that's either going to make you happy or make you money. And <laughs> yeah. you know, it's kind of the yeah, you know, at old Adam Carolla line, but yep. um, it doesn't make you money or it doesn't make you happy, don't do it. So that's kind of where I am, and plus. This new goal with this membership site is really to help a thousand people make double their wrestling income, and in, you know before I'm done. So that's I can't be doing that if I'm gossiping or messing with people or being a jerk or whatever. So, and I've just found out that I, I you know what, really, you know what really did it, Rob, was just going out and seeing a bunch of seminars. And I will definitely not mention names here, but I, <laughs> go, no, and it's not everybody. Yeah, but well, I've I've heard.
2: Well, eh, I'm sure yeah. you've heard
3: it. And you might even yeah. you might have even been a part of some of them. But yep you, you go to you go to these you go to some of these seminars, and some of them are awesome. You know, Dr. Tom is awesome. And, I
2: love Dr. Tom. Yeah,
3: oh. I mean, it, you know, the, and there's plenty of good ones. You know, so plenty of really really good ones. Um, but you go to some, and they sit there, and they charge you fifty bucks, and they tell you stories about how they used to wrestle here and there. And there's nothing wrong with a story to help illustrate a point. There's nothing wrong with but really it's yeah. you know when they pay you they're customers so isn't it about them and so i started making my money 4 or 5 years ago by doing seminars that were like the opposite of everybody else's where i'm like yeah let's just help you guys make money let's help you guys make you know you paid me something let me help you make that money back let me help you and and really tell people that just you can do this business you don't have to be a you don't have to be mean you don't have to be a carny you don't have to be a son of a bitch you can stay with your wife you can not have to take pills you can have a family have kids you can be a good dad you you don't have to be a scumbag to be in this business and this business is about and you probably know this uh rob this business is probably about 25 50 years behind everybody else as far as evolution and the way people do business because for years it's not i don't hear it as much now but for years, I kept telling everybody was telling me the wrestling business is different from every other business. No, it's not. It's not. Y- y- you serve your customers well. You advertise. You promote. You do a great job, and people will come. And if they don't, you change something, make it so they'll come. That's it. And then if you're a wrestler, you're you're a promoter, and your fans are your customer. Um, and you just you're a good. You know, you show up. You do your job. You treat the fans well. You treat the promoter well, and you'll be fine. And that's. For the life of me, when I said that four or five years ago, I got my head bit off. I got (laughs) Yeah. Because and I also look, I told I made a giant post on Facebook that said, Hey, wrestling trainers, stop yelling at your kids to go to to come to wrestling school. If they don't want to come to wrestling school, don't let if they're still paying. Look, how many does Planet Fitness call you up and tell you to go to the gym every day? (laughs) Nope. No, they take your money though. So as long as they're paying, why do I care if you show up? And the thing is they don't understand that there's a reverse psychology in that too, because if you do that, then they're like, Oh, how come he's not calling me? How come? Cause it's not a codependent relationship. Right? I don't need you. I just, I want you here, but the best relationships are ones that we choose to be in and that don't have to be in. So, and, and plus I never responded well to that. If somebody yelled and screamed at me to come to practice, I'd be like, Oh man, fuck yeah. you. I'm not going. Yep. Like, so that was, that was always, you know, so, and and I figure, and I'm 48, man, if I'm, if I got that little bit of rebellion in me, can you imagine a 22-year-old? <laughs> yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Well, no, that's
3: true. So yeah, I mean, it's, it, kind of, it's kind of flipped the script and, and changed yeah. the way I taught people. And it seemed to really ring true with a lot of people because I was telling them, look, and and, and you've heard this, I'm sure, and, and, and maybe not exactly like this, but you've heard there's only two spots in wrestling, right? Broke, addicted, <laughs> indie wrestler who doesn't make any money or yeah. champion at WrestleMania. You're not allowed to be anything else. Yeah. And to me, I know people that make a thousand dollars on a weekend in independent wrestling. You've never heard of them, and right. they have a wife and kids, and they go home and they work their regular job and make great money at that too, or maybe not so great money. And the wrestling money really helps out. What's wrong with that life? That's the that's the really what I've been kind of almost. I feel like I'm this big rebel. That's. <laughs> Stating such common sense to people that you can not be a drunk.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean you can be successful and not not be a two timer or a drunk or a, you know yeah, no. I uh, is it the scheduling? I mean, it, it, you, you got to think. You know, let's just pick the two major companies back in the day. You got NWA or WCW, and you got the WWF, and they're on the road three hundred thirty some odd, three hundred forty days a year. I mean, right. uh, getting beat. You know, I mean, getting beat up. You know, the travel, uh, obviously business is done differently now. I mean, kids play video games and all that or, you know, whatever. They're not really into bars oh, anymore, video but
3: games too.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But for the mo- I mean, for the most part, uh, at least in the, you know, seventies and eighties, that's, that's just the way you did business. You know, that's the way you, you built camaraderie was, you know, playing cards in the locker room or going out to the bars after, after the shows and all that. And that's where business was, was typically done. Um, and just getting beat up night after night after night and uh, you know 600 700 800 mile car rides your body it takes a toll on your body I mean I I can understand the alcohol thing the pill thing because you know uh, for a while you know McMahon cracked down on marijuana so people couldn't even smoke pot but they could get easy access to alcohol or pills so you know they had to do something to take away the pain or, or missing or you know their their family or whatever so I not being in that position, it's hard for me to kind of put myself in their shoes, but I do get it, you know, hearing a lot of the stories years and years later. Um, But, you know, thankfully, uh, it's a different business today. Uh, The scheduling isn't as rigorous for the most part. Um, And it's just a different generation now. You know, it's just the old school mentality is just slowly kind of fading away. You, You know, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Road Dog, you know, guys like that are kind of the last bastion of 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 that kind of you know old school mentality
3: yeah and but i also in in some people have used and you're not saying this exactly so i I don't want to mess up your words but you just kind of triggered something in my head so Mm -hmm. um but a lot of people have said well bob that's the lifestyle and i said well yeah but it's not hereditary so let's you're not related to these people it's not your genes right just be and and that's the thing why we and, and for a long time we get the narrative was well you know you get brought up a certain way in wrestling you get taught a certain way or you're not respectful and i'm like i know plenty of people that are respectful of wrestling that just want to go home on sunday <laughs> or yeah. work once or work once once a month hey there's plenty of guys local guys that i trained with that i grew up with that are big fans of mine big fan if they watched you they'd be a big fan of yours they are extremely supportive and they're done with wrestling but they still watch it they they go to shows they mm-hmm. buy tickets they they and they go to, you know, they, they wear WWF shirts and they have WWE, whatever, and they enjoy themselves. And I got no issue with anybody who wants to do this. I really don't. And even the guys that do it badly, I think, we, <laughs> I, I think independent wrestlers are so thirsty for self-esteem that they attack a lot of the guys who aren't very good at it to make themselves feel better. And I've never figured out – well, actually, I did because I did it for a long time, so I know exactly why they did it. Because they're very, very scared of their own spot, right? But again, the Yankees don't drive, and I, I use this all the time. I said the Yankees don't drive down to the ball field uh, at the park league and yell at the guys for not being professional. Your uniforms <laughs> are lousy. You, you, your swing is shitty. Like, can you imagine, like, you know, <laughs> right. going down there and saying that? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. it's, it's a waste of time. And are you really worried about the guy? Oh, they're going to ruin the business. They haven't ruined the business yet. You know the business hasn't been ruined. The business changed. Now, if if, if, I'm I'm not one of these guys that's necessarily for the whole evolved versus not evolved thing. Right. Think about it this way: like I, think about what the business would look like, Rob, if there was no AEW. It would be scary. It would. If you don't think WWE's ratings would have, you think those rating, you think they would have gotten all the AEW fans? Look, whatever you think about AEW, and I, it has its flaws. I mean, so does WWE. I'm just, everybody's sure to point that out every week.
1: Right. But,
3: that, but think about how uninteresting wrestling would be. Think about, you know, and I love Ring of Honor. I love Impact. I mean, I have ties to Ring of Honor. I was there eight years. Like, I love the people there. I have a lot of my babies are there, man. Mike Bennett's back. Matt Taven, Vinny Marcellia, all these guys. Like, I have direct ties to, you know, bringing them up in the business. And I, I love all those guys a lot. Like, so, but i'm not watching ring of honor a lot of people aren't watching ring of honor a lot of people aren't watching impact even with kenny omega showing up and (laughs) but but that's another thing that kind of is interesting you know kenny omega shows up and matt hardy's there and hey at least i'm kind of paying attention now but imagine if AEW wasn't there at all and and we were just dealing with wwe and Hmm. whoever was in second place man it'd be i don't know man it'd be a It'd be a tough business, you know, especially with like all the COVID stuff. Like I think the numbers would have been even lower. So I agree. Who who yeah. knows who knows if it's it's better or worse. I don't I, I really try not to I mean that can be debated forever and it's interesting to talk about, but nobody's really right. I look at what's in front of me. I yeah. look at where we're going in the business, how I can help people. I know independent wrestling is a I I I will never say independent wrestling is a viable full-time income because I think I would be leading people down a tough path there. For yeah. some it is, but for most it's going to be a fun hobby or a lucrative side hustle. And like I said, I know – and granted, I'm not bragging because I know one guy, Jack Parker Jr., who's in Arkansas, and you've never heard of Jack, and Jack makes very good money on the independence. He said, yeah, we had yeah. a bad night the other night. We only made $210 in merchandise. So, I right. mean, that's – and that's a bad night for him because two weeks ago he we made eight hundred and twelve. So, <laughs> yeah. and and selling all his stuff in a, in a crowd with less less than fifty paid. So it is possible, um. To, but it's it's probably going to be a nice side hustle for you. So if you make forty grand at your regular job, and you make twenty grand at wrestling, and you're having fun and you're living your dream, which ninety percent of the people in the world don't get to do, sure. probably more. Yep. Isn't isn't that a good life? Isn't it, it is? A, why would anybody want to shit on that? You know. And that's the thing. Like I get and they go, well, if you, why don't you want to go to WWE? I'm like. I don't know, probably because they've sent back thirty of my friends in a box and mm-hmm. fifteen people back crazy and a lot of people demoralized. And I'm not look, I'm not pointing fingers at WWE. That's too that's too simp- that's too simple to attack uh, that kind of a situation with a very complicated because everybody should be responsible for their own activity, but right. WWE sure didn't help. And 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 you know, and any company that big to expect them to be able to give personal attention to everybody who works for them, that's not fair either. Because if right. you and I scaled that big, we'd we'd have a few that fell between the cracks too. I'm just telling them sometimes you think WWE is going to be the answer to your problems, and it <laughs> turned out to be an amplification of the problems that already exist. I guess that's the best way to say it.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of... Uh... I hate to use the term the boys, but I mean, it's just a, it's an old school term, but sure. there's a lot of there's a lot of talent. That's still that's their dream, you know, to make it to the big time or the show, you know, to make it to the WWE. Um, you know, guys like Zack Ryder were, were, you know, content with, you know, not being booked every week, but still, you know, making a great living. Uh, and a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of Twitter, you know, dickheads would get on him about it. You know, uh, like you don't have any passion. You're sitting and catering every day. Why are you still there? Blah, blah, blah. Fuck you guys! Like it's his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who are you to say what he does? Uh, he made it to where he wanted to make it, and if if he was happy being there and not getting booked every now and then, or you know, getting pushes every couple of years, that that's fine. Like, why do, why do people care so much about it? It's just I told Vince this too the other day. It's just entertainment. You it's, don't bitch at somebody for going to their job and, and you know watching TV all day or not you know not not putting in a full effort. It, that, fuck it, that's their prerogative, right? I mean, how are you telling Zach Ryder or guys like that you know how to do their job if they're happy doing their doing what they're doing? More power to them. But it's just fuck, it's their
3: job. Like, why do fans care so much? And the thing is, too, if you're going to call it entertainment, which I have no problem with because I agree, it, it would be like yelling at the guy in Brooklyn Nine Nine that shows up every third episode, <laughs> right? Yeah. Telling him he's a mark for being there and showing up and it's like <laughs> right. dude, work is work. Right. And and the thing is, like, I mean, I I, I know Matt a little tiny bit. I know Brian Myers way better because I'm Brian was from a, you know, near us actually. Mm-hmm. And uh Brian's a wonderful guy, family man. Yep. And but they, they saw the handwriting on the wall. They were there, what, 13, 14, 15 years. It's a good run, dude. It's a hell of a run. I mean, put, put the math together yeah. on some of their best years and some of their worst years. You save half of that, you're fine. Yeah. Plus, they were never they never sat in their behinds. They were always working. Brian got a job in what? A day after he left. He's an Impact. Matt's an yep. Impact. Matt was in AEW for a little while. Like yep. These guys are passionate guys. They love wrestling. They've done the wrestling figure thing. The wrestling figure thing, that's that's, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, we, yeah. uh, everybody loves wrestling figures. I sell wrestling figures on eBay. I know all about it. Yep. Like, they're 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 passionate guys they're doing their thing how how can and plus like again why are we why are we knocking success if it's not just because we don't define success that way again not everybody can be roman reigns right roman reigns is awesome i think roman reigns is 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 a uh uh a great athlete, a good—he's a stud, man. Yeah, one of the most improved workers. The stuff that he was doing with the USOs has been some of the best stuff on TV. Agreed. I swear to God, it's like a tree falling in the woods, though, because yeah. I, I don't know why it's not going to win. Like it should win feud of the year. It should just—it's a great storyline, and everybody's playing their part really well. Yep. And and so he's become what they wanted him to become. If you make Roman the way we want him to, we will show up, and then they don't show up. It frustrates me. So, but. Not everybody can be Roman Reigns, tall, dark, and handsome, and uh, with a, you know, with a, a football degree. And he's a legacy guy. Now, a legacy guy opens the door. It doesn't hold the door open for you. He still had to do the work. Right. But he was smart to surround himself with quality wrestlers that could teach him a lot of the working aspect. And he learned that he picked it up. And um, I remember Mike Bennett when he left. He said that's one of the guys he's going to miss the most because. Roman Reigns was legit like the leader of the locker room. Mm -hmm. He said he he was very impressed with that. I remember that was one of the things he always talked about. So, but everybody still, it's like, well, you know, uh, why can't everybody be like Hulk Hogan back in the day? Why can't everybody, you know, it's like Cena, you know, like Cena just does nothing but succeed at everything he does. And then when he doesn't succeed, he just pivots and does something else. Oh, if they don't, I can't be an action hero. Okay. I'll be a kid's hero and i'll be a comedy guy and now i'm gonna do like this marvel series on i think it's hbo max or one of those like netflix or whatever but he the guy just and they go well he's just he falls into stuff i go he's the hardest working guy in the room like
2: he is always yeah
3: why do you so why do you why do you why does everybody pick on these guys and not everybody you know what i mean but you know it's like why why are you wasting your time trying to they're not going to listen to you anyway. It you sounds <laughs> stupid. Like you really, do like a lot of people are like this guy's dumb. Why is he attacking a millionaire? Like, it's not like he was. It's not like he inherited it and spent it on dumb stuff and got into a bunch of trouble. <laughs> right? He yeah. Made his own money. I mean, he's a middle class guy from Mass. He made yeah. his own money. And, you know.
2: He worked harder than anybody else. I mean, that's, uh, he,
3: he earned everything he got. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know, like just, and, and that's another thing I see too. I put something on Facebook the other day because there were – I did a little survey of 25 Facebook posts. Now, these aren't personal Facebook posts. Here's a picture of my kids or right. I did something at work or this happened. What, nothing like that or a funny thing. Nothing like that. This was 25 business posts that were supposed to be for business and 20 of them had nothing to do with business or 20 of them attacked the other guy or – I'm so much more professional than this other guy over here and I was like this doesn't do anything for you it doesn't make you a dime why are you doing this when you should be talking about I mean if you know anything about sales it's about extolling benefits of your product not someone else like not okay. these guys suck we're you know if these guys are terrible we're good like don't don't do that stuff at least say they're good but we're better I'm okay with that but don't yeah. but it really shouldn't be a competition anyway like There's room for everybody.
1: Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s, where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show travel back to the malls and arcades pop in your vhs and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead conan tell them where to find us wlwstudios.com home of the midnight jury podcast
0: hosted by midnight mike and calvin brody
1: also available on all major podcast platforms via the shining wizards network and join in the conversation on twitter at midnight jury W. Rewind.
2: Well, it's like the old school mentality if you're cutting a promo. You know, you don't want to pick on somebody's age or you don't want to tell them, like, this guy sucks because, you know, when he beat you, uh, you got beat by this this old man. It's like, what does that make you look like? So you always want to... Like, Paul Heyman does a great job at no. digging at people and needling guys in a promo, but still putting them over it's a big deal. I mean, he's, he's masterful at stuff like that. But yeah, that's like, you know, We're all here to make money. We're all here to get over. But, you know, you also have to help put people over because, you know, the old school adage is good versus evil. What would Hulk Hogan have been if he didn't have all these great heels to work with over those years to help put him over? What would Warrior have been if he didn't have Rick Rude, you know, and, and Randy Savage and guys like that to, to put him over as a credible threat. So, I mean, it goes both ways. You know, it, 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 same thing with business. Uh, like you said, there's room for everybody here. We're all trying to make money. Why not work together and try to grow everybody and, and build everybody up to the same level? Then everybody prospers.
3: But I swear, I, I, Rob, I see it every day, and I'm not yeah. attacking anybody at all. I'm just telling you what I see. Yeah. as a guy who's made all the mistakes. <laughs> right. Like, I. Swear. but you grew up. I mean, we all did stupid shit in our well, 20s and God 30s, and Jesus, you know, God and Jesus finally woke me up and said, OK, you made so many mistakes. You got to teach the class now. <laughs>
2: that's yeah. What I yeah.
3: Do. Same here. So that's it's kind of where I am. And it's my calling to kind of help people avoid some of these roadblocks. That's how I feel. So, well, how you avoid the roadblocks is you keep your eye on your prize, whatever it is. And yeah. it can change. The goal can change. I, I'm not telling you that you can't change your goal. Like, if you want to be in the WWE and then you're like, oh, I worked as an extra in WWE, I didn't really like it. I didn't feel good about it. I kind of prefer to be in the indies and spend time with my family. Or usually it's a family thing, and that's yeah. not an excuse. That's life. It's it is what it is. Life. Yeah. So, yeah. Or or some people have really good regular jobs that they like, too. Right. Um, There's nothing wrong with that either. So make wrestling a part of that to, to enhance your life, not take away from your life. But I – I sit here and I, 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 for the life of me, I don't understand why people post certain things that it, it's really more of a social media thing. But I, I, I've seen it live, too, where they just do stuff that's so detrimental to what they're actually trying to do. Yeah. So I'm try, you're trying to get booked, but yet you, you're bad-mouthing. <laughs> I saw one where a guy actually badmouthed the friend of one of the promoters he was trying to get booked with. And he's like, I don't know why I'm, I don't, I don't know why I'm not getting booked. They said I do. Yeah, right. Yeah, You're making fun of old uh, Mister X over here, and yeah. uh, you know that's his buddy. And he goes, Oh, I didn't know. I go, Well, that's why you shut up.
2: That's why you don't talk shit about anybody. All right. I mean, it's well, just... I
3: mean, you know, it, it, look, we all have our gossipy moments. So no, wrong, it's true.
2: But, I mean, sometimes it's warranted,
3: but... but well, that's fine. But then call up your friend and gossip with your friend, the trusted friend who's not gonna, yeah, not gonna spill the beans on you, right? Then. Right? Thanks right? On social media, like. And even if it's a vague book thing, and you're kind of like, well, you know, certain people have to blah blah blah. Well, it still looks bad. It right. look good, you know. Right. So you're going outside the shovel. Yep. All right, my boy's going to outside the shovel. Good, good man. Go take care of business, good man. That's right. He's almost my size. He's fourteen. He's like almost six feet tall and like two twenty. Man, he's a big kid. He's got good jeans then.
2: He got a good dad too. So.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, he's not. Uh, I don't think he's. He's. A, he's. He likes wrestling, but he's. uh i don't think he's going to jump in and and pass on the family business to people right
2: well you never know i mean hey he's 14 like a lot shit, that's true a, a lot can change between now and, and 18 1920 so yeah, you never know
3: true. one yeah. day he might uh raise his hand and say you know let's let's rock and roll and i'll be like oh, all right okay yeah yeah you
2: don't need to push him there but at least plant a little bit of the seeds along the way and then see what happens see if they grow right well, nothing, they, nothing wrong with that
3: and one of the things I, I do bring them with me occasionally when we, mm-hmm. you know, well we didn't do much last year, but yeah, my my daughter goes with me a lot. Katie, she goes with me a lot because I want them to know that I'm not just grabbing ass and playing around. And, <laughs> right? Yeah. And and she talked to me about it actually yesterday, and she's like, "Oh, I really like going to the different places." And I said, "That's the fun of it." I said, and, yep. and my parents both had. Nine to five jobs and there wasn't a lot of money around. I mean, they, they provided for us very well. Um, my parents are great, still around, still still doing great, but um, and they were wonderful. there are wonderful parents, but they, there wasn't a lot of time to travel, there wasn't a lot of money to travel. so that was one of the things that I loved about wrestling that I've really embraced the last five or six years is just getting out and, and traveling. and I, you know, I always right. say when I go to something cool, I go, wrestling gave me this, you know, wrestling yeah. provided me. You know when my aunt was sick and she passed away in California, my wrestling money my wrestling tour that weekend paid for all of it
1: mm-hmm. and I could
3: you know and I could do that and come home with enough money to give to my wife and and you know but she didn't care about that but because it was just seeing my aunt and, and I'm glad I did because it was the last time I saw her but yeah you know wrestling does provide if you do it right it kind of provides you with the right uh you know the it gives you the right perspective and it can kind of it can help really. Man, like I said it before, like use wrestling to enhance you, not the other way around. So don't be yeah. a slave to wrestling.
2: So you don't. No, I mean, you you are. The, you, it is your business. I mean, you are you are the talent. I mean, it, it's you know we could throw away the independent contractor thing, and we can debate that all day long. But I mean, you are your own business. So mm-hmm. you know why not invest in yourself? Why not? you know it's your job to put yourself over it's your it's your job to get booked it's your job to you know whether you're healed to get heat with the fans or whether you're a face to get get the adulation but you know a, a lot of and i don't want to speak in general terms but there's there's some talent that just they don't, they don't get that you know they don't understand that they are their brand Nobody else is responsible for, for getting yourself over, except for you. You know, it, 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 if you're in a shitty storyline or if you have a, a horrible promo, try to do whatever, do the best you can with it. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you're only hurting yourself if you're like, oh, like my, I, I'll use Moxley for an example because sure. obviously he was a malcontent towards the end, and you know he complained about. I mean, it's public knowledge. He went on Jericho's show and complained about you know getting. Shitty promos from from the writers in WWE, and he's like, I can't say this. well uh, dude. Do it to, to the best of your ability. You think Roman Reigns wanted wanted to spout off uh nursery rhymes and stuff? But no, he took it. Yeah, he took
3: and he did it. How about the revival on the way out where they would, you know, like they would have an itchy, uh, itchy exactly, yeah, itchy They made out. the most of it, right? They just they made of, it entertaining, right? And then eventually, when they wanted to wear those weird like like uh, <laughs> genie outfits or whatever they were. Yeah. They said, ah, oh, maybe not, you know. Yeah, but, maybe
2: not, but yeah,
3: I, 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 one of the things I've been really digging into lately, um, especially with this website I got, but, um, it's the wrestlelife.com. Let's not. Uh, and I
2: do want to put that over right. before, yeah. Yeah, before I, we wrap I'm, it up, I'm trying so.
3: not to make this a sales pitch, but no, it's uh, fine. But it's uh, one of the things I've really been pushing is whether you want to do this as a side hustle or you want to do this for to be in the WWE or AEW, and I have plenty of people that want to do both. What I tell them is, I said, don't worry about getting signed, quote-unquote getting signed. Stop Mm -hmm. wrestling to getting signed. Don't audition. I said, just get really good at being you. Sign yourself to your own business, your own company. Work within your own company, and then maybe you'll get acquired. So be a really good Instagram, and maybe you'll get acquired by Facebook. (laughs) So if WWE or AEW is interested in you they're going to be super interested in you if you're already fully formed and kind of something already and it's a concept that's new and i i struggle with it because if i told them to open up a beauty shop they'd open a beauty shop and be their own thing if i told them to open up a tattoo shop they'd do that if i told them to open up a pizza shop they'd do they would have no problem doing it but then you tell them to open up a you as a pro wrestling shop and they're it, it, it's it's a different it's a it's kind of a new concept which is an old concept
2: no yeah, same thing really and, and it's if...
3: really the e-myth if anybody wants to look up the e dash m y t h, um there's a live seminar on audible.com not a plug for audible i don't get anything for it but <laughs> it's a guy named michael gerber and he talks about and you might have heard this because he made the quote famous it's you don't work in your business you work on your business and his That's whole right. thing is you make your business ready to be sold even if you don't want to sell it Right. Because that means your organization is on, on point. That means your, everything's on point and it's running beautifully. So that's what we have to start really drilling into these guys and girls. And again, I'm not saying you have to spend 100 hours a week doing it, but you can have good gear. I'm, I'm a big fan of people having their own domain name and having a website because right. if, you, if you're a guy and you show up, in your wrestling gear and somebody says this is pornographic, there's a man topless with his underwear on and they shut you down for three days and it's (laughs) a big black Friday sale. Well, you just lost three days of sale. So have your own, (laughs) have your own pirate ship. Don't build your, don't build your ground on, don't build your business on rented land. So I'm a giant Facebook guy, but I mean, that's how you contacted me, but um, I also have my own presence too outside of that. So remember that, you are your own entity and product, and don't let that scare you. When people talk about your brand, that doesn't mean you have to spend a million dollars in advertising and trademark everything and all that. If you can, you can. It's word um, of mouth, man. It's, really, it's, network. of mouth, it's networking. It's really just fine, ha- having yep. a hook that somebody can identify you with, even if it's just yep. name value. Right. It's getting a name out there. Yep. You know, that's – that's. Um, <clears throat> I think I think sometimes we go – and, again, it's kind of that – uh, rags to riches thing. It's like poorest guy in the room or the richest guy in the room where it's, if you don't, if you say branding, either people don't have a clue and they say, oh, I have to stay stupid because I'm an indie wrestler, or they think they have to be, you know, Netflix. And it's like, no, you, you, you can just kind of have, just work hard to get your name out there and be good to people and establish a really good reputation. So that's that's really how you do it i mean and and again you become your own business you sign you know quote unquote sign yourself to your own business uh, not literally but if you want to you can write a yeah. contract for yourself something psychological <laughs> and then get acquired by one of these other big companies if you want so that's right you know yeah. so that's it, it's 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 really a shift in psychology and i i'm finding that Really, the mental shifts in psychology, the the that kind of stuff, the mental training, the mindset training is the stuff that I'm enjoying teaching people and trying to get that stuff because I'm hearing a lot of, oh, I've never heard that before. And and trust me, these aren't my concepts. These have been around for a long time. Yeah. But it's nice to kind of apply them to wrestling and go, yeah, like you can do this. You can do this business. You can be happy and make a couple of bucks. That's fine. We don't all have to starve, you know? Yeah.
2: And I mean, if, if if like you said before, if that's what you're happy with, you know, working a full time job or a part time job, or or wrestling on the weekends, like you said, and getting to do both and still be home with your family, and yeah, you're living you're living the dream, man. Like everybody should aspire to have something that makes them happy, whether it's wrestling, whether it's any other kind of hobby or or, or whatnot. You know, do something that makes you happy. If if you don't like your your nine to five job. That's fine if it you know if it pays well stay there, but find something on the side like this. I mean, this is what I did. I picked up podcasting. I picked up yeah. streaming video games. You know, I over the last couple of years have been. You know, I'm 44. I I started late in life, but I mean, I started to pick up podcasting. I never I had never trained. You know, I didn't have any training in it at all. I just I'd like to talk, and you know, like some people say, I have a good voice. So I bought a microphone and got a computer, and I started doing that. And I just kind of you know made contacts. You know like you, like Vince. like I, I've had Dr. Tom on a show and you know, Sean Mooney. I mean, I, I don't want to name drop all day, but I've been fortunate enough to speak with a lot of my heroes over the last couple of years. And to what you said, your reputation is paramount to everything. If you have a bad reputation, uh, no one's going to touch you. You're going to be blackballed in, in whatever industry or walk of life you're mm-hmm. in. Uh, yeah. your, your reputation is 100% the most important thing uh that, that you can have because without that you'll never get anywhere uh in life. Nobody will ever trust you. Nobody will ever want to hire you. Nobody will ever want to book you. Whatever it is, they're not they're not gonna want to touch you with a ten foot pole. So uh, I wish more people would understand that concept because it's so simple. It's the simplest thing. Just be a good person. Treat I know it's cliche, but treat people the way you want to be treated. And I always use this saying it's not about who you know it's about who is willing to say that they know you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't make the proper contacts, if you don't treat people right, you're you're never going to get ahead.
3: No, I agree. And then uh, so I I have to go in a little bit, but Yeah. Yes, I do this with all of my wonderful podcast hosts and this has been great. We should do this again soon. Yes, sir. Um I really enjoyed spending some time with you. However, I can't do my hangs with Bob Uncle Bob thing without saying what can I offer you, my friend? What can I help you with today? Is it something you're struggling with?
2: <sighs> that's, that's a good question. There's actually, what, what I struggle with um, is trying to find time to spend with my family as well as work my full-time job and do the side gigs or the side hustles like podcasting, like uh, my YouTube content creating, you know, my video game channel, my Twitch gaming channel, uh, which my wife hates. I have a, a two-and-a-half-year-old. So I had I had a daughter late in life, uh-huh. and uh, trying to balance everything uh, is is very very difficult, and that's that's the one thing I struggle with trying to burn the candle both ends and try to try to make everybody happy as well as do the things that I like to do and, and try to build my brand.
3: Okay, so how much is how much is live? Like how much how much of the podcast stuff do you have to do live? Is there are people expecting you at a certain time, or can you tape something? Can you batch stuff and do it ahead of time?
2: I can. I can put shows in the can uh, and, and, you know, try to try to stockpile interviews. But uh, I'm not always the best at, at doing that. I, I kind of do things at the last moment, like I'm recording with you now, and it's going to go up on Friday. So, um, you know, it's stuff like that. Maybe managing my time better. Uh, it's something I'm not good at. So,
3: Well, the biggest thing I can tell you is that, and this is from a lot of my podcast friends that I've dealt with, this is one of the biggest problems. It's one of the biggest problems of wrestling, too. Yeah. So what I would do is if you know you're going to, you know, say your wife is out with the baby all day. um, I'm going to knock out four or five podcasts in a day. Now, we can't necessarily talk about the Royal Rumble if it's filmed three months ago. But (laughs) we can do do somebody sharing Royal Rumble stories or Royal Rumble memories. Yep. And... You can kind of say, "Hey, this is going to be kind of evergreen." I don't know exactly when this is going to be on, so try not to mention the date. And it's not the end of the world if you do. Yeah. If it's interesting, nobody will care. But the so I would I would really concentrate on batching content, <coughs> leveraging the time that you have alone. Um, the probably the gaming stuff you have to do live, right? The Twitch, yeah, Twitch, t- or is it?
2: twitch i do uh twice a week i do tuesdays and saturdays and then i'll yeah. i'll record content after work for my youtube channel you are we know.
3: so with twitch are we are we are we seeing monetization from that yet or are we yeah yep okay so we yep. so we so we need to build that up and we need to concentrate on that as well so um so that that's pretty much so now we have to sit down with uh your wife who sounds like a great woman so i'm lucky <laughs> she's, I'm, she's the best um I'm, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm married to you know, tied from first with my wife so <laughs> right. um, but, I'm, uh, um, you know, my wife has been very understanding. But I know I do much better when I sit and communicate with her and I have a plan. I'm not I'm not mansplaining this to you. I'm saying this mm. is really important right. because I have fucked it up so many times. <laughs> yeah. So and but most of the time, it's just been not telling her stuff. This is why this is important. This is why here's the goal in mind. Here are the numbers. I made X amount of dollars. I'm projecting I'm going to make you know, 25% more in six months, and this could be Disney money. This could be something for the baby. This could be something for you. This could be a weekend away while somebody watches the baby, and we haven't had many of those, you know? You have to kind of sell her on the dream. Give her... Look, it's not her passion, right? You said she hates it, so it's definitely not her passion. It's her passion the other way. She hates. Well, I mean, she
2: hates it because it obviously takes me away from her and and, and my daughter, so...
3: And again, this is why you sell... This is why... You say, but she's not resenting you for the time. She's resenting you for the time trade, what you're trading. And she looks at it as you jacking off with your buddies playing uh, Red Dead Redemption, right? So if you say, this is the goal, this is what I'm doing, this has actually been a nice little side business for me. Don't tell her you're going to make $62 million in a year. (laughs) You don't realize my vision. You don't, you're not, you don't (laughs) like, don't don't turn this, make her a part of it. So, she can kind of look, it's never going to be a passion. So get rid of that right away. She's never going to sit there and play video games with you like that. So, right. but if you include her in the process to some degree and just clue her in and say, hey, we made an extra 50 bucks this week. We made an extra 50 bucks this month. We progress, progress, progress. You know, we did this. Don't lie. Don't exaggerate. This is where it is. And this is why I have to trade time because I'm trading time for money because I'm building something. And then we're going to be able to buy this new whatever. We're going to be able to pay the car off early. We're going to be able to, you know, be able to buy the nice Del Monte green beans instead of the Walmart green beans, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. So really. And then, then, yeah, man, just block, uh, batch your stuff, write all your stuff down. If you're not writing down some sort of a to do list or a time to time uh, to do list. I would recommend that too. I'm mm-hmm. super ADHD, and every ADHD magazine and book I read is write your stuff down, write your stuff down, write your stuff down. And a lot of creative people are, and it's kind of where we are as a society too. So, um, we've if we didn't have ADHD when we started, we all have it now. So <laughs> that's that's really where where I would say like write your stuff down. Realize that you can get more done in an hour than you think you can. Um, as far as like tasks, and don't. And rope her in and clue her in on stuff. Again, right. she doesn't have to be a partner. She doesn't have to help you, you know, run the camera while you're talking on Twitch. But just educate her enough so she feels feels like she's not resenting you for the time. Okay, this is part of my husband's work. Okay, this is part of his thing. Okay, he's going to put this money away and it's going to be for something, again, for the baby, for her, for the... Whatever whatever rings her bell, you know? yeah. And, yeah. You, you know, it's not manipulation because you're not... You're just... Get, you're showing her the possibilities but in a very real way so yeah. that's that's what i would do really do that's i think you're you're killing it you're doing a lot of great things and just tr- the big the biggest thing i've had to convince it is you know where I, when i go on a wrestling trip it's not a vacation right i might do some enjoyable things but I, it's not a vacation it's work yeah. so but if you work you're gonna come home with money
2: Oh. That's exactly like, right. And if I was making some some decent money, I mean, I think her tune would change a little bit. At least my time away is is worth something. And so, like you said, not just screwing around playing video games or talking about stupid wrestling all day or whatever. So, uh, and, I, and I'm trying to build a brand to where I can work part time. You know, I can be home more often, or I can at least make some money off of this to, like you said, pay some stuff off early and all that. I'm not just doing it as a hobby. You're doing it for fun, even though I love it and I'm passionate about it. I also want to do make some money. You know, I want to make some money out of this and 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 get paid for doing something that I love to do. And that's that's kind of what I've I've tried to sell her on. Uh, that it's, it's not just something I'm doing to get away from you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do this so I can spend more time with you guys, and at least be at home a little bit more often. You know what I mean?
3: Well, and it might be getting up an hour earlier and going to bed an hour later. It might. Oh, be- I
2: told her, yeah, I'm gonna have to start working or, or doing this late at night uh, when when everybody's asleep. Because yeah, I'm not,
3: uh, that that's the yeah. thing. Like I. I I'm lucky I'm lucky in a way because I work third shift and I love working third shift mm. because no one bothers me. So right. and I have a job where I'm actually a true independent contractor where I'm kind of I'm a courier and I deliver to nursing homes but I can take 15 minutes and post something on Facebook or I can work I can actually edit a video or I can do whatever and I can't I'm not in trouble for it. Yeah. So that's I'm lucky where I can kind of fit some of that time crunchy stuff into Times when everybody's asleep, or I'm at work, or whatnot, so I can kind of I do. And like I said, even when you and I message back and forth, I said, yeah, I'm available almost every day at 8:30 because I have an hour in my courier run where I can just talk on the phone. So I do a bunch of the podcasts then. <laughs> right. So find gaps in time where she won't notice you not being there. Yeah. Right. So if there's something you can do on your break at work, I mean, I'm not don't get in trouble at work, but I'm
2: just saying, <laughs> right. Yeah. If
3: if if you can do a 20 minute podcast with somebody awesome. And it's not gonna look as pretty as this one does. Well, your side looks pretty. Mine, mine looks <laughs> I'm on it. But what I'm saying is, even if it's an audio Skype call with whoever, Kane, you know, oh Kane, we're gonna talk to Kane for twenty minutes. Like, I'm not gonna worry about it being pretty and can you show up at this time? Can you do this? It's like he's like, I got twenty minutes now. You're like, Oh hey boss, I'm taking my lunch now, you know. So Yep,
2: exactly. It yeah. doesn't
3: have to be perfect, it just has to be done. And you yeah. can always fix it later. You can always make it better true. Yeah. So That's true. don't be a perfectionist. That's another thing that people, a lot of you podcast guys struggle from. You want to have the perfect show. Um, people are watching for your content and you, they're not watching for, uh, even though this is a very pretty design with Ben Hammond's beautiful cartoon picture above me. <laughs> um, if they didn't have Ben Hammond's uh, picture above me and it was something interesting, uh, it wouldn't matter. So, yeah true I, I, i'm it the bells and whistles are great put them in there if you can but if there's one podcast where it's just you and me on a zoom call and it's black screen behind me it's not the end of the world so right. and and again it's it, it's
2: and i am a perfectionist i i take a lot of pride in my work i mean i bought professional intros and outros and bumpers and sure. you know i'm trying to make my you know people say your show sounds like you're on the radio well, i'm just a 40 something year old guy in my office you know, doing a freaking podcast, but I'd like to sound like,
3: yeah, the the two things they're going to pay for is the content and you,
2: right? So that's, that's, that's that's a good train of thought. Bells and whistles
3: are awesome. Yeah. Put them in. If you can, again, I'm not against it, but I'm saying it, trust me, they're going to pay for the content, Yeah, which is good. You, you ask good questions. You're good to talk to. And, and the, you, you personally and the content. So, um, so yeah, man. That's I hope that helped. So
2: absolutely, That's good advice. I do appreciate that, there, Uncle yeah. Bob. I've, uh, of
3: course, of course.
2: That's, uh, it's very, very sound advice, and uh, I will take a lot of that to heart. And and you're right, communication is always key, especially with your wife.
3: After being married yeah. three times, I think I finally got this one right. And my <laughs> wife and I have actually been married. Well, I've actually been married twice to this one because I screwed up, left, yeah. and then came back on my hands and knees and. She was she was godly enough to take me back, and we've had sixteen, almost seventeen years now. So
2: that's fantastic. uh,
3: Yeah. So, but I had to really screw it up, and I just uh, one of the biggest things is just talk about stuff, even if it's a little uncomfortable. It's going to be way less going to be way less uncomfortable (laughs) doing Mm. it early than it is. You know, kill the monster while it's small, as they say.
2: Yeah, you ain't lying about that. Yeah. Yes, sir. So, well, I appreciate you uh taking the time with me today. And uh, I know we didn't get too much into wrestle life, but real quick if you if you wanna let people know what that's all about, I'd they'd love to hear
3: about it. Sure, yeah. So I have this I have this community, this membership community, and we're just getting going. We're kind of in beta testing right now. We actually launched February first at uh forty nine dollars a month, but right now if you jump in it's you can get it for 50% off per month as long as you don't cancel. And I've been telling everybody, and I know this is a big goal, but my goal is to make it $99 a month, $199 a month, because there's going to be so much damn content in it that it's going to be worth every penny. But if you sign up now and you stay with me, you'll, get tw- you'll be grandfathered in at $25 a month for, for the rest of your life. So Wow. Um, and we have uh, My Blueprint for Success, which is a four-hour, between four- and five-hour masterclass divided into six modules, Where I kind of cover everything. I don't cover everything in super duper detail, but I give you big points of how to succeed in wrestling, whether you want to be full time, part time, show up once a month and just wrestle in your hometown. That's fine. Um, And then I have uh, Kevin Kelly has just jumped on, and uh, Vince knows Kevin very well. And Kevin has ties to uh, that area. So Kevin is jumping in with a class called The Spoken Word. And. We actually have a free one. It's on the Wrestle life Facebook page right now. You can jump in, get Kevin's first course for free. All you gotta do is put your email in and your name and Kevin will send it right over to you. And it's a quick 10 minute class. The three things that make a great wrestling promo. And it's not pitchy at all. There's no sales pitch in it. It's just Kevin gives you three ways you can have a kick-ass wrestling promo. And then if that's, if you don't want to watch him anymore, that's fine. But if you want, he's part of the Wrestle life too. No extra charge. Then I have uh, ten classes of a show called Backwam, Bob and Congo watch a match where me and my man Wildman Congo, Mike Medina, uh, we watch a match from the big guys, and it's a watch along. You don't see the program, but it's kind of like an audio thing. Run it like yep. a DVD commentary, kind of like when Conrad and Tony and Conrad and Bruce watch the shows. Yep. We kind of do that. We just we're not as funny. We we are a little funny, <laughs> but we're, we're more. It's more analytical, and we tell we basically explain what the big guys are doing and translate that to the younger wrestlers. Like if Yokozuna and Bret Hart said, Hey, Bob, while we're wrestling, kind of tell these guys what we're doing to the best of your ability. Now I'm not pretending that I'm Bret Hart or Yokozuna. Right. What I'm saying is I watch this match as a fan. Now I watch it as a wrestler. So I try to translate what they're doing, how they take their time, how Yokozuna sells, but doesn't bump that kind of thing. So, and we have a bunch of those in there and more to come. We've taped a bunch of those. We batch those every Sunday. So um, so that's, uh, another one. I have interviews with promoters, the, the most, the best promoter, one of the best promoters in Montreal, I have an hour and a half, uh, Q and a with him. And he said he would come on again and do another Q and a where he kind of explains where he came from and how he changed his mindset to draw between six and 800 people a show. So, um, so there's a lot of cool content on there. We have a message board and more content is just rolling in. I even have a class where I teach you how to book a loop and if you turn your phone the opposite way up and down and you just play it, it looks like I'm running your phone for you and I show you exactly how I would book a free show loop, 2,200 miles and save a ton of cash in the process. So nice. it's, uh, and there's no funny, like I said, no bells and whistles, no nothing. And uh, it, aside from the fact that it's super cool content and we're just gonna keep driving people in there and put more courses in there. Eventually we're gonna do sales marketing. Uh, we're gonna have a whole promoter boot camp in there. I've had a bunch of promoters already sign up for it, and so we're just we're we're in the we're in the we're in the business to produce results for people, so and entertain them along the way, and it's uh, been really good. We've had a lot of early success stories, and uh, you guys are really going to dig it. Like I said, we had uh, Jack Parker Jr., just an independent wrestler from Arkansas with no name value, and he's bigger than me, so I, I he, <laughs> he, allowed, he allowed me to say that. Jack did $812 in his own merchandise. He didn't sell Bullet Club shirts. He had his own merchandise with less than 50 paid. He sold $812. The next week, he sold 317. So for two, two over two shows, he did $1,100 in sales.
2: That's fantastic. So, yeah, and, that's and, great. And,
3: and, and again, last year, and, and he gives me credit for this. He said it <laughs> first, not me. Before working with me, he did $100 on a weekend. And now he, like I said, he had a "quote unquote" bad night the other night. He did two hundred ten on one day, but yeah. think about two hundred ten dollars—that's a car payment. I, I wish
2: I could do that just by talking to you, right? <laughs> you know. So, well,
3: hopefully, the advice I gave you will help you kind of organize your time.
2: Hopefully, so. Yeah.
3: So, and uh, any and I'm a and I'm a message away, man. Anytime you need to, need to hit me up, I'm around. So oh,
2: I do and appreciate I'd love to be on again, too. So, I'd would love to have you on. You're great to talk to. There's so much more that we didn't even get into. Exactly. Uh, we just we just scratched the surface. But uh, well, let's it was, do
3: next time. Let's do uh, let's do a full one on just if guys have business the guys and girls if they have business questions, I'll answer them all for free right on here. Sure, and uh, they don't have to sign up or anything. We'll just do it right on here. We'll do an hour of that. So sounds good. Sounds good. All right, my man. Well,
2: I appreciate. Well, where can we find? Where can people find you oh, if they want to get a, in contact? Simple,
3: with you? As simple as this, you can hit me up on Facebook if you want at the WrestleLife, or you can just go to thewrestlelife.com. Again, you can read out, read all about us. No obligation to read. Check it out. Got a bunch of testimonials on there, too. Uh, one from Ron Hutchinson, who just put out a book. Ron's probably one of the most predominant uh, uh, Canadian uh, trainers there is. He trained yep. Tristratus and Beth Phoenix and Edge and another guy named Christian and all these guys, you know, uh, Gail Kim. Yep. and uh Ron said I was like the biggest kept secret in the indies, so he's wow. uh, he's been very kind so and i and pretty soon we're gonna have <laughs> i'm been so lazy with this I have about twenty five video testimonials that I haven't put up so <laughs> uh so it's again I'm not trying to sell myself I'm just telling you that I'm in the business to produce results for you guys so trust me when I tell you that that I'm gonna bend over backwards to do it so
2: I love it, and I love that you're giving back. And I wish I wish more guys uh, and girls uh, would do that. Well, but, we're going uh, to shine
3: a spotlight on the people that do. That's right.
2: Yeah. So absolutely. Well, Bob, again, I appreciate being here. I know you're a busy guy, uh, but yeah, definitely would love to do this again. Uh, and I had I had a I had a blast talking to you, man. And I, I learned a lot. And I will definitely take your advice to heart. I appreciate your time. I'm going to hold you to that. Yes, sir. Absolutely. All right, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Bob. Take care, man.
1: RTW Rewind.
2: Well, there you go, guys. That is our conversation with the one and only Bob Evans. And I <laughs> next time I have him on, uh, my wife—I I mentioned to my wife I was going to be speaking with him. She goes, "Oh, is that the mashed potato guy?" Because uh, obviously, Bob Evans is also a, a restaurant chain and a, a a food company that you'll find in your your local grocery store. But uh, I'm old; I forget to I, I forget things like that. But man, what a pleasure to talk to him! Such a great, great guy. Shout out to Hamin Yala for uh, hooking me up with Bob. And I can't wait to do more with him in the future. I really, really love uh, his mentality. Uh, I love the fact that he made the mistakes like we all do when you're younger, uh, but he turned around. You know, it it's truly was a road to redemption. Uh, and now he's giving back and he's helping other people in the business, you know, and try to make money and do things the right way uh, and the fun way. Uh, and I like that. So, uh, Shout out to uh, to Ben Hameen for hooking me up with Bob, and uh, and uh, thank you to Bob for, for coming on the show. If you guys want to follow me on Twitter, I am at RadRobGaming. Uh, you can also check me out on Twitch. As I mentioned, I'm a Twitch gaming streamer. I stream every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central, every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central, and you can find me on twitch.tv slash radrobgaming if you want to follow our show on twitter we are at radturtles pod you can also send us an email radturtleswrestling at com. just like bob said if you guys have any questions for him uh, about the business or anything about his career or anything you life in general you'd like him to answer uh, hopefully I'll have him back on here in the next few weeks and he can answer those questions for you so it's Rad Turtles Wrestling. That's Turtles with an S. Rad Turtles Wrestling at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash rad turtles wrestling. Leave us a like on there. And uh, if you feel so inclined to support me and support my brand, I also have a t shirt store on Pro Wrestling Tees. It is prowrestlingtees.com slash rad turtles wrestling. If you guys want to check out my other show, I do have my flagship show where this all started. Uh, the Rad Turtles wrestling podcast that drops every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern, uh, anywhere podcasts are found. And if you haven't heard this show in particular before, it is RTW Rewind. It's my retro wrestling show that drops on my own network, the r Podcast Network, uh, and also on Hacker Hameen, part of the Hameen Media Group, uh, every Sunday. Uh, and I just, again, talk to guys like Bob or I beat Brian Blair on this week. Uh, Jimmy Corderas. I've talked to you know Nikita Koloff, Doctor Tom Pritchard. A lot, a lot of the, a lot of the stars from the past. Uh, and sometimes we'll, we'll we'll rewatch older matches, uh, or I'll talk about you know some of the favorite things that I watched growing up. My favorite wrestlers, my favorite angles. Uh, it's all things retro here on RTW Rewind. Again, that drops every Sunday. Uh, anywhere podcasts are found, just search RTW Rewind. And you'll either find it on my network or on Hacker Hameen. And I uh, truly am so blessed to be part of uh, the Hameen Media Group. Uh, I, I can't thank them enough uh, for everything they've done for me to help me grow uh, as, a, as an unknown show. Uh, and I'm very, very thankful for the opportunities that I've had. And like I told Bob, you just your reputation is key. Uh, it's just keep networking, keep, keep you know, making friends, keep con- getting contacts, and, and be good to people. And uh, you'll definitely succeed in life. And I wish a lot of other people would take that to heart because uh, they just don't do things the right way. I'll be back on Saturday for day six of the hashtag Rad Rumble, where I'll be having MSG, RBV, and Michael Jargo in a Royal Rumble retrospective roundtable. Easy for me to say. We'll be talking about our favorite Royal Rumble moments and matches We'll also be uh, previewing the Royal Rumble coming up this Sunday. So definitely check that out. Uh, that'll be tomorrow on Saturday, or depending on when you're listening to this. It won't matter what day it is. Uh, but in any event, that'll be day six of my Rad Rumble coverage. And obviously, I'll be ending the week uh, with my Royal Rumble post game wrap-up show right after the WWE Royal Rumble 2021 goes off the air. I'll be here to break it all down for you because I love you. Guys, I appreciate all your support, whether you're watching me on YouTube or just listening in the audio version on the RR Podcast Network or HMG. I do appreciate everyone's support from all around the world. Uh, I wouldn't be here without the audience. I I know that sounds cliche, but if you guys weren't here to listen to me, I I wouldn't have anything to do. I'd just be sitting here talking to myself. So I do appreciate everyone's support. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you back here for the Royal Rumble Retrospective Roundtable. Take care, guys.
1: Thanks again for listening to this episode. You can follow RTW on Twitter at RadTurtlesPod. And you can email the show at RadTurtlesWrestling at gmail.com. We appreciate all of your support. You've been listening to RTW Rewind. Hey guys, Rad Rob, Rob Francois here from the Rad Turtles Wrestling
2: Podcast and RTW Rewind. I'm here to announce a special event the week of the Royal Rumble 2021, from January 25th leading up until the Rumble on the 31st, it is the second annual Rad Rumble Week. Seven days of unique content for your listening pleasure. Monday, we're going to kick it off in style. The Aussie guy, Dean Galloway, will be joining me, and we'll be watching the 1999 Royal Rumble match. Tuesday, will be an interview with former WWF wrestler... From the Killer Bees, B. Brian Blair. Wednesday will be my conversation with former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas. Thursday will be my flagship show, the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast, with Grappler Six and The Ocho. Friday, I'll have a special interview with the founder of WrestleLife and former professional wrestler Bob Evans. Saturday will be our Royal Rumble Retrospective Roundtable with personalities from the Hameen Media Group. RBV, MSG, and Jargo will be joining me to talk about our favorite Royal Rumble matches and moments, and you never know who may just make a surprise appearance. Sunday, we're going to close up the week with our Royal Rumble 2021 post-game wrap-up show. I'll be on to break down everything that we witnessed at this year's Royal Rumble. So that's seven days of unique content. You can subscribe to the Rad Turtles Wrestling Podcast anywhere podcasts are found And you can also check out the festivities on the affiliate channel, the Hameen Media Group. It's time for the Rumble. It's time for the Rad Rumble.